God is good, amen? amen. I'm so thankful to, to, to see y'all. You know, the, the, there's some scriptures after uh, Aaron, uh, you know, uh, got up there. I wasn't necessarily, I'd asked her to, to be ready to, to share some, because she, she'd come up to me, you know, I'd mentioned last week how Aunt Jean had helped her and stuff, and she said, you have no idea of all the things that people have done for me, you know, and, uh, and, I, and so I called her after service last week, and I just said, hey, would you be willing to share some of that? And she, and, and of course, if you don't know Aaron, um, you, you probably all should, but if you don't know Aaron, Aaron has just been, she's been with us near since the beginning. We were in the, 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 the suites when she first started in the hotel when she first started coming and at first she didn't she wouldn't stick around or anything she came in and she was gone and we didn't know much about her other than she would come in once in a while and she was gone but she kept coming back and kept coming back and I remember when she got faith I don't remember exactly when it was but it, she's just so precious to us amen and, and so I was thankful that she would share uh, those things um, uh, praise the Lord. And we know that Aaron's not afraid of speaking in front of people. So, so, uh, and I don't mean that as an insult. You, you, you bring a lot of joy to us, Aaron. You really do in service and out of service. And so, but, but, you know, this is a scripture that the Lord just dropped in my heart after she had spoken was, uh, it's in, uh, third John, um, and it's just a couple scriptures, third John, uh, it's only one chapter, uh, verses two through, uh, four, but it says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that it all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And I love these scriptures because, you know, the, the, or I love this, that the Lord gave this to me because, you know, as a pastor, it's very encouraging to hear that. It uplifted me last week when she stopped at the door and just told me about that, you know, and then she, even on the phone when she shared some others, and then even now as she spoke, you know, and I think that that kind of stuff is really wonderful for us to share, you know, and so, um, you, you know, it's, it's an awesome part of being part of a local body, amen, that we get to, we get to, to to have these uh, these these moments, you know, uh, and these interactions with each other, and and yes, maybe not everybody does everything all the time, but as each of us, you know. And I would encourage you this: if you heard anyone's name today, there's a lot of names that were read. You know, if you need something, don't go seeking them out yeah. specifically, saying, "Hey, you did this for her," and she. No, 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 no. It's, it was good that you did that. No, it, yes, it was good that you did that, Aaron. So don't, so don't second guess that. But I say that from this standpoint is that each as they're led in their heart to do things, you know, like let's let's do those those things that God leads us to do. And, and some of those that, you know, even, you know, and, and this is the thing. And this is what I think was wonderful about what Aaron expressed is that even sometimes in those little things, those little things, it's a conversation. You don't even know how much that means. And so but that's where we come together. That's one of the reasons, many reasons. And to, to, to walk in truth is truly, of course, the word of God, but it's also to do these things as a church family, you know, um, for each other. Amen. And so I just wanted to, to, to say that, um, you know, and, and today's message, as I said, is going to be very, very important. It's, it's something that has been uh, in my heart for a long time. It's a, it's a path. It's a, a thing that God has walked me through. Um, and uh, I, I suspect that this will be a more than one week sermon. Um, I don't think I'm going to get to the end and I'm just not going to try to. I'm just going to get what, I, what all God wants to come out. Uh, out, you know, but some of the things can be on a touchy subject and I really always want to be accurate when I preach the word. And, uh, you know, I never want to, what, what I call, uh, the Lord showed me like this, that there's, there, there's, there's this temptation in, in all ministers, they, they'll be tempted at some point or another to do what, uh, what it came to me like this is weaponizing the pulpit. Yeah. You know, to use the pulpit to attack situations or to attack people, and uh, or or situations that they know about. I've done this before, not not planning to do it. It's something sometimes that you can you know you can easily uh, slip into when you, especially when you speak a lot or if you know things about people. And so you know, there uh, there's a level that we want to be careful about. But also when it when it comes to looking at other ministries and other ministers and stuff like that. And so I I you know I I, I want to put that out there that it's. Very very important. But in the middle of the night, um, the, you know, I, I woke up and, and I sensed that the Lord, you know, that I'd have some time with the Lord. And so I, I went and I talked to the Lord. And what I heard in my spirit was this, is because I was starting to uh, really kind of be like, you know, uh, this, this message because of where it could go and the, the importance of it. 
the importance of it coming across right, but also where I could take it if I allowed uh, too many of my emotions or whatever to get involved in it. And this is the word that came to me, is these words I heard in my spirit, um, preach the word, but do it from the right heart. Amen. And I was sitting in the back room, I was talking to John and, and Josh, and, and I said, you know, I, I was like, there's a little, there's been some things this morning even that have tried to get to me and get me to the place where I, I maybe would be in the wrong mindset, so then I, I might preach out of that same standpoint. And honestly, I want to share this with you, that, that Aaron's testimony, I, I feel like it reset me on that. And so, so I, I believe that I can come at it from a pure heart. So Aaron, thank you again for the, giving the testimony and sharing those things. And of course, Josh, we thank you for, for sharing those things as well. Um, you know, but I, I really feel reset, so I feel good about that going forward. And so uh, to the best of my knowledge, I'm going to preach this from the, the bottom of my heart and from the a place where I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us, wants us to know some things. Amen. But you know, my wife was talking about this. If there's still a work to be done, I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to continue to do it. And when she said that during announcements, instantly, I know there's a lot of things, a lot, a lot of pre-sermon stuff, right? But, you know, I just got to be faithful to what the Lord shows me. And so uh, as I was, as I was uh, you know, as I heard that instantly, what dropped in my heart is store closing. And I remember a story that my wife told me about. She used to work at Quality Markets, and uh, Quality Markets, yeah. And uh, she, when she was in Buffalo, she worked up there at Quality Markets. She worked there when they were closing a store. And when they were closing a store, everything got pretty chaotic. People stopped caring, and you'll see this if you ever see a store closing. All of a sudden, the employees don't care, you know, they'll give you whatever discount they want sometimes if you're extra nice to them, you know, and stuff like that. Of course, my wife was always honorable and stuff. Some people would hide things until they would go down to the lowest price they would possibly be, pennies, and then they would, you know, take them out, and they would, uh, uh, you know, they would take advantage of that and stuff like that. But, you know, there, there, there's this, there's almost this chaos that happens when a store closing. Lack of caring. People just start, you know, people are checked out because they feel like they've been left behind or whatever. You know, and, and uh, my wife and I approach this, the, the ministry the same way as is if there's something to do, we'll do it. If there's still something left to be done, if the church dwindled down to, to five or ten people, we would still, as long as there was somebody, we would still do it as long as God was calling us to. But this is the reason that the Lord brought that up in my heart, is because we, deter we he, what came to me is like this, we determine the outcome. Yeah. We determine if it's a store closing or not. You know, we're the body of Christ. And so the local church is as much as the people are going to put into it. Yes, the pastor has a role and yes, the pastor has a job. Uh, and the pastor should provide a place where people can utilize their gifts. And I'm really working at trying to do that in a way I don't know how. Because honestly, I've never been taught it. To be completely honest with you, I've never been taught how to, 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 to uh, 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 help people en masse uh, work in the plan of God because I was always I was brought up under a you know a pastoral only kind of leading and while I believe that there's necessity in the leading of a pastor there's also other gifts in the body and I believe that as well now so I'm not preaching about that but 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 uh, it, it hasn't been something that so I'm, I'm working at learning to do that and so I move slowly on some things that's true but we are open to to, to hearing different things and, and maybe going in certain directions amen um, so but but, the, but in that, especially in that kind of atmosphere, um, there is an openness for you to help the church be what it needs to be. If the church isn't what it needs to be, at least in Mayville and Corey, it's not just our fault. And I know that. And I can, I can stand on that because of our openness. Um, I, you can ask Josh, how many times do I ask you? And, and you may think I'm joking a lot, but I ask you, was that right? How many times do I, have I asked you that a lot or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially lately, yeah. Was that right? Did that seem right? You know, or or whatever. And and so that's uh, yeah. And, and more lately, we've been moving into more of these things. You know, because I'm just trying to be accurate. You know, walking this life out with God is is learning as we go, and all of us will be doing it again. I say this again that if anyone stands in a pulpit and claims that they have the answers to everything, they're lying. And they might not be lying on their own, on their, by, by their own fault. They may be deceived in lying, but it's still not telling the truth. Amen. But uh, I do want to, I, I do want to give some disclaimers here this morning. And one is, that, of course, I'm not trying to attack anybody or anything. That's a disclaimer. 
Um, and that, you know, if you're somebody who's not much interested in the things of God, this message and what I'm preaching probably isn't going to like really mean a whole lot to you. Um, and so if you're not somebody who's much interested in the things of God, then you need maybe to start being interested in the things of God. And that's between you and God. I'm not determining that. I'm not looking out there saying, okay, this person is, that person isn't, because I can't tell, right, that way. But uh, that's one thing. Um, and the other thing this is, is not doing is this is not opening uh, things up to be uh, critical. We never want to be critical people. We can look at something, and what I mean by critical, or I, I, what I mean is wrongfully critical. Amen. Um, the, the message today is called Safety of Truth. And w one of the major themes of what I'm going to be talking about is spiritual manipulation. Manipulation in general, but certainly spiritual manipulation. And there's reasons for that. We're going to see that in a few moments. And that's why I also feel like I need a little bit more time. Uh, you know, the, uh, if, if you want to know what spiritual manipulation is, just seek out uh, the knowledge of what any cult is based around, and that's what it is. Um, now, there can be full-on cults, and that's bad, but there can also be cult-like behaviors, which is also bad. And I am very, I, I have gone through a process of learning some things that I just feel like I, it's time to present them. Amen? And, and in this, I'm not specifically looking at people. I'm not licensing people. You know, we are open to questions about anything here. Any religious system or anybody's theology that cannot be questioned is not of God. It's not. God is not backing that up because God was always open to questioning. He opened, we see it so much through Scripture. Now, when I say this, this is one of the disclaimers. I'm not saying wrongful questioning. There's people that will, they'll just try to attack you because they want to try to trap you. And if that's what you're questioning, if that's the heart you're questioning, if you ask a question, it should always be from this heart. I just want to understand the truth and maybe I'm having a hard time with it. But that's okay. It's okay that you have a hard time with something that I preach. If I have, if you have a hard time with something I preach, if I'm a good pastor, if I'm a good pastor, it is not going to be determined in the, 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 the way that I preached the message or how, how awesome it was I spoke it. The, the, what makes me a good pastor is my ability to, to connect with people and say, you know what, you have a question about this and I want to answer this to the best of my ability. Amen? And if I won't do that, if I use manipulation tactics, tactics if, I, if, I, if I try to control people, if I try to, you know, uh, do uh, certain things so I can keep a certain narrative, then I am wrong and that is never the leading of God. Ever. It is never the leading of God. That doesn't mean that a person like that can't be used by God ever. It just means that that is not the leading of God. Amen? And so we have to keep these things balanced. Um, and one of the greatest arguments to our faith really is those who make claims about God like God wanted to keep man from knowledge. Uh, I've heard these arguments before. People say, well, look, the tree of the, you know, he wanted to keep Adam and Eve from the tree of knowledge. But it's not the tree of knowledge. It was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And he had specific reasons for that. It wasn't because God didn't want them to know anything. It had nothing to do with knowledge in general. In fact, the one thing you're going to see all through Scripture is that God wants us to know him. And you cannot know God without knowledge. Amen? And so we need to learn how to connect with God. And we have to know, we have to understand the wise. And if you're a person who has a personality that's just not settled on just hearing things once, some people you can just tell something to once, they'll believe whatever you say. But there's people that won't. Amen? I happen to be one of those people. And there's different times where in different situations I've been made to feel bad because I was one of those people who was looking at something that was I was legit having a problem with and somehow had it turned around on me like, I'm going to get more into this. Amen? But, uh, but God is not against knowledge. Amen? Uh, the very fact that God desires we know the truth indicates that knowledge to him is a priority. We read John 8, 31 and 32 every week. Jesus expressly said, this is how you know the truth, and basically I want you to know the truth. Yeah. He is called the truth. The word is truth. The spirit is the spirit of truth. Well, the fact that he says those things about himself or his own kingdom, the kingdom of truth, amen? Yeah means that, that knowledge is very important to God and we have to understand that. If we have a religious system that we can't, from a good heart, question, 
We have the wrong religious system. Amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. And so anything that cannot be put to the test, put to the fire, so to speak, do you know all your works are going to be tested by fire? Whatever you do for the Lord will be tested by fire. And the Bible tells us that those that remain, those that had them will rejoice. And those that don't remain, those that get burned up, well, they'll be sad about it, though they will be saved themselves. And so we understand that uh, if, if God will allow our works to be tested by fire, we have to know what our works are. We have to be able to question our works. In fact, God did not put his Holy Spirit inside every believer in the church because he did not want them individually, individually to know the truth. Now, there's a lot of things. So we need a pastor. We need the ministry offices. We need the local church. We need a body of believers. We need the Bible. We need the teaching of the word. We need all of these things, yeah. right? But we also need the inside unction, the inward unction. You need to know where God has called you to be. And you need to be encouraged to be there and to be the best you as you're connected to that, whatever that is. And you have to decide and determine between you and God how much of you is there and what you do and all these things. You know, I was going through this, this, this kind of this, this thought study this week. I was thinking about all these different things, uh, thinking about authority. I was thinking about all these, you know, the Bible talks about submission. And I almost preached the message about submission, you know. But, but submission so often gets taken out of context. Like, for example, in Romans, I think it's chapter 13, it says to submit ourselves to the government, right? But what does that mean? It doesn't mean you submit to yourselves to the government for everything. It says you submit yourselves to the government for the things which you're supposed to submit yourselves to the government. Now, that's not exactly what the word says there, but that's what it's implying. In other words, you don't have to ask who you marry to the government. You don't have to do that. What, what God should I serve government? You understand? So if they start making laws like that, obviously it doesn't mean submit to the government, right? right? Things that are against your conscience. The government doesn't have, you, have the right to tell you that you have to submit to those things. You understand? And so, like, so uh, the submission is to submit what it's there for. Husbands, submit to your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. In everything? No. In what you're called to submit to each other for. Submit to your spiritual leaders. In everything? No. In what you're called to submit for. See, what, what, what the point I'm trying to make is that we don't, we don't throw out everything because of one thing, but we don't embrace everything because of one thing either. There's areas where these things can be effective in our lives. There, ultimately, you're going to have to determine your walk between you and the Lord, and it's only going to be between you and the Lord. My job is to help you walk that out, to help you get there, to teach you the word that would help facilitate that and to provide an environment where people can learn. But if I'm not doing that, I'm wrong, plain and simple. And you have every right in the world to question that. Amen? Praise the Lord. But we're going to start in Proverbs 1-7. Hallelujah. Proverbs 1-7. Did I say anything, say anything wrong yet, Josh? <laughs> wow, cause, because they all know you agree with me. No, they don't. Have I said anything wrong? Praise the Lord. Proverbs 1.7, this is a, a near and dear scripture to me. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, you know, this thing, this fear of the Lord concept, a lot of people don't have, they don't understand what it means. It doesn't mean that, oh, I'm always afraid of God. What's he going to do? Is he going to smack me for this? Is he going to beat me for that? You know, that's not our God. The reason so many people don't fear God, though, is because they don't know God. See, to know God is to fear God. Praise, praise God. And I want to explain that further. Fearing God is knowing what he expects and fearing not walking in that. Yeah. Yeah. See, when you know God, there will be a, a reverent fear that comes about you that makes you want to obey him. Yeah. Like when you understand what sin is all about, you'll fear that. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is you don't be afraid of it. You don't have to be afraid of it, but you'll fear walking in that. And the reason that so many people don't fear God is because they, don't, they haven't the, taken the time to know God. In fact, a, 
Honestly, the way most people, a lot of people know God is just through other avenues. Maybe it's through their parents. Maybe it's through their friends. Maybe they sit in church and only listen to the pastor. And that's the most of their relationship with God. And so whatever the pastor says, it's got to be true. Or, or, or if I find out that it's not, I'll go somewhere else and do the same thing. But you understand, people can be manipulated easily in these things. If you don't know God, you can be open to being manipulated very, very easily. Amen. The fear of God is what drives us to God. And if we would understand that, we wouldn't be afraid of God, but we'd want to, 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 to embrace what he has for us. Amen? And this is so important for us that it's the beginning of knowledge. So the first place that you're going to need to have knowledge is to, is to, be able, is to fear God, to learn to fear God. What will the fear of God do in you? The fear of God will make you obey God even above man. Yeah. And if you, have, if you have anything in your life that is not submitted first to God, but is submitted to man first, in other words, if your first thought is what so-and-so think, it's, it's automatically not the, it's not the knowledge of God. It's not the wisdom of God. Now, I think about what would so-and-so think because I'm a caring person. But my first thought should be, what would God think about what I'm doing? Yeah. You know, like I said, you, you want to know basically what sin is? Look, look in your life and say, could I do this openly before Jesus and feel comfortable talking to him about it? Wow. Right? Could I do that? And, and if the answer is no, then it's probably not good for you to do. Right? That would alleviate, alleviate a lot of our problems. But see, people that don't do that, they don't even have, they don't even have a relationship with God. They don't even know God. Not really. They may have a surface relationship, you know. They may have a little bit of a relationship, but they, but they don't have a real relationship. In fact, I can't tell you how many times I've had people talk to me, and they, they've talked about how, you know, I'm a little bit more of a mature of a Christian, and they're not. And I listen to them, and I'm like, you're not mature at all. I don't, I don't necessarily just say that. I let them, you know, to a degree. If I, if I have a place to say it, I will. But, but a lot of people, it's just like, okay, well, you know, that would be proved in what you do and how you are. The fear of, if the fear of God isn't it. See, the fear of God, what keeps me from sinning, like, you know, we all have little sins. We all have things that we're going to miss it on. But what keeps me from major sinning, you want to know what it is? The fear of the Lord. If you can sin majorly, how do you know what's sinning majorly? We'll go, go to Galatians 5, read verses you know, around the 18, all the works of the flesh here. Go ahead and read those. And if you participate in those openly and willingly, you don't fear God. You don't know anything about God. Well, praise God, hallelujah. But uh, you, you could have an you know, example. See, those, uh, the, the, the knowledge of God keeps me in the fear of God, which keeps me on a path that's righteous before him. How do we know we're righteous before God? Because we're on the path that he's told us. And so if we're not there, our desire should be to get there. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I, I want to fear God above man. Amen? Amen? So when you fear the Lord, you will not fear man. And now I'm going to get into the heart of this message and uh, start talking about some things that are really on my heart. And I'm even going to define some terms for you. Uh, because I want you to really understand the stuff this is important. And one of the reasons I'm preaching this is because of the atmosphere of what's happening in today's, both in today's society and even in some church, church uh, aspects at large. Amen? Praise the Lord. But this, I'm going to say this emphatically. I have it, I have it all capitalized on my, my notes, which means that it's, I need to say it emphatically. So what I mean by that is I'm stressing this point. Any manipulation cannot and will not be from God. So if you, if you are being manipulated to live or to do something a certain way, that's not God. So if a spiritual leader is, is using manipulation tactics to make you obedient, to keep you in a certain direction, you understand what I'm saying? It's not God. God will tell you the truth, and a spiritual leader should tell you the truth. But manipulation tactics, and what do I mean by this? We're going to give some examples of this, are never from God, period. And we have to learn to be okay with this. We have to learn to trust God, because trusting God sometimes is going to put you up against a man or a woman in the sense that it's going to say what they're saying is not right. 
and I know that it's not right. I've checked my heart. I know before, before the Lord that I'm not in the wrong in this matter. Amen? Now listen, we have to be very careful with that. And what I mean be very careful with that is, am I coming at it from a right heart? Yeah. Is my heart to tear somebody down? Is my heart to, to, to promote my own interests? Is my heart to rally people around my side? That's a wrong heart. And so even if you're technically right, what you're doing is you're, you're starting to get into manipulation yourself. Now, I want to give you a couple of examples of manipulation. That, that, and, and it's interesting to me that these things have terms. Brothers and sisters, if these things were not real, these things would not have terms. But they have terms. They have ways of defining them. One is what, what, what I'll call here spiritual straw men. Um, it's like when you go to some a spiritual straw man, an example of that is uh, like you, you say, I was, I, I, and this is actually, these things have actually happened to me in different kinds of circumstances. I'm not going to tell you where or when, but they've ha actually happened to me, and they actually tripped me up. And so these are things that are very important. A spiritual straw man is uh, something like this. Say, I was studying the word, pastor. I, you come to me and you say, pastor, I was studying the word. I was studying what you said this week. And I just couldn't see that in the Word. I have a really hard time seeing that. And I would turn to you and say, do you think you know more than me? That's a spiritual straw man. See, what they're doing is they're trying to manipulate you. They might not even know they're doing it, but what they're doing is they're manipulating you by twisting the narrative. That's not what you were saying. That's not what, and I've actually, I, I can tell you, I can't tell you how many times in my life that I've actually had these things. And very, I'm not, again, I'm not saying where I'm not calling anyone out specifically or anything like that. I can't tell you how many times where I had this thing happen to me. This is a common occurrence. And, and, and what it is, is it comes in the, in the realm of people that are trying to maintain control. I don't want control over your life. And I'm going to tell you something else. These things don't need to just happen spiritually. These things can happen naturally. Maybe it's uh, somebody you trust. Maybe somebody, or it could be a parent. Parents can do this to, 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 to kids. They can, they, they can, they can uh, uh, create spiritual straw men. You know, like, like when, of course, well, I, I just don't know if this is right. Like, I, I'm having a hard time seeing this, and, or I don't think that this is right going forward. See, I think it's important to have those kind of open conversations. Does, does that, the way I just said that, if I came to you and said, you know, you said something to me, and I, I just don't really understand it. I want more clarity on it. If I came to you and said that, would you instantly think, just as you hear that, does that sound like I'm coming at it from a bad heart? Does that sound like I'm being dishonorable toward you? Does that sound like I'm being somebody that is, is questioning everything about your life or anything like that? No, I'm just saying I don't understand this and I need more clarity on it because something's not sitting right with me. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's what? There has to be an open door for those kinds of questions. And if there's not, I'm just going to tell you, if, if, if a leader cannot handle questions like that, or if they, you know, you, you, you present a question and then they flip it around like, like all of a sudden, well, yeah, but you did this, this, and this, or you're doing this, this, and that. Spiritual straw man. It's creating uh, an atmosphere, you understand, and that is never God. God would not do that. He doesn't lead that way. Amen. Amen. I'm going to get some, some scripture, but it needs this, this, this uh, before I get to it, and you'll understand it as we go. Amen. But another one is spiritual gaslighting. This is the type of thing where, um, you, you know, uh, somebody basically tries to make you th think you're crazy for thinking what you thought. You know, like, like you know that you know that you know. Like I've been teaching you. Say, I've been teaching you to be led by God and how to be led by God and to read the word. And, and you're doing that to the best of your ability. You're, you're trying to get into prayer. You're trying to follow God and you're faithful to church and all these things. And, and, and you understand I, all that stuff is important. But then all of a sudden you're like, you know, I, I really believe the Lord was showing me this. I'm like, yeah, God wasn't showing you that. That's a demon. That's demonic. That thing that you thought uh, that was God. See, when you come at something from a right heart, judge your heart. You know if you're bent about something. You know, I was coming to the service this morning. That's the way I, exactly the way I felt. I felt like I didn't feel like completely off or anything, but I felt like I was just bent a certain way. So I could, I could take this in a way that could be real mean. 
but then I, I needed that reset, right? And so that's exactly what I'm talking about. It, it, you know, there, there's, this, there's this, I think it's a psalm. It says, Lord, try my heart and see if there's any wicked way in me. You know, it's, it's that idea of going before the Lord and saying, God, do you understand if we're people that are being taught how to be led by God and you're faithful the best that you can to those things? I'm not talking about people aren't faithful to it. If you're not faithful to God, then you, you can throw a lot of this out because you'll be completely confused anyways. Yeah, if you're not faithful to follow after God, if you're not really trying to know God or trying to know more about him, listen, you, you, you're going to be all kinds of deceived and manipulated and stuff like that. But... If you are a person who's hungry after God and something isn't right, yeah. then something isn't right. Yeah. Amen. And we don't just throw that out. Amen. So any system of theology that cannot uh, be honestly questioned is deceptive in its nature. And we need to be very careful about this because it's easy to slip off into these things. This is how cults are formed. And this is how pseudo cults are formed. This is how churches can start looking a lot more like cults. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. I, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, we had a question come to us once. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We had a question come to us once. It was from a family member that didn't know. But uh, when, when uh, 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 Mark and Allison were getting married, and the question came like, uh, what, what, how, how did it come? Oh, is Allison allowed to go to your church? Yeah, that, that was a question that came. It was from a family member that didn't know. And we're like, well, of course she's allowed to come to our church. Why, why wouldn't she be allowed to come to their church? It was because their impression was that they had to have pastoral permission to go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And while it's not a bad thing to get spiritual insight into things in your life, especially if you're making important life decisions, it's not a bad thing. Um, the truth of the matter is, you don't need, that's not what a pastor is for. A pastor doesn't tell you what church you go to. And if they try to bring in tactics, if you, like if you, listen, I want all the people in the world to come to my churches. I love it when new people come in and I hate it when old people leave. You know what I mean? I don't want people to leave. But people have to make that determination. I've realized a long time ago, I can't determine who's going to sit in these seats and guess what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to determine. But the very fact that people on the outside look into our system and say they think that they would need permission, you have to ask yourself, why do they think that? They think that because somewhere that idea has been perpetuated or been allowed to be perpetuated, and that is wrong. To me, that says we need to correct something in the way that we do things. And as much as it's up to me and the things, areas in my church, I do that. I try, as, if I see something's wrong or not working, I try to correct it to the best of my ability. You understand I'm a human and I can fail and I do fail and I'm going to miss it. But, you, but, but the fact that they couldn't even think that, um, I heard somebody before say to me, um, I, I need to go get the prophet's opinion on this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute here. The Holy, you've been given the Holy Spirit, and this person I was talking to was a faithful person. You've been given the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying it's wrong to submit it to a prophet or a, or a pastor or anything like that, but you need to know what you know and do what you know based on what you know because the same Holy Spirit that drives a supposed prophet is the Holy Spirit that's supposed to drive you. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, so spiritual gaslighting is a big thing as well, and we need to be careful. Again, these things can happen in life. Other people, now when you're kids, you're in a household, you're in your parents' household, you have a responsibility to live according to that or get out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we've learned that as we've raised two kids, uh, two kids now into adulthood, and you know, there's that aspect. They get to that age where they start like they want to do their own thing. That's because God's put it in them to do that. Um, but at the same time, that can cause tension in a house because it's like, well, what do you mean you want me home at 10 o'clock? Well, listen, I don't want somebody coming in waking me up at 2 in the morning. If you want to do it, that's fine, but do it on your own, living in your own place. You know what I mean? And that's the truth. And so, so there is an aspect to that. But when you're, when you're an adult, you don't have, even spiritually, a spiritual adults. I mean, I mean, people who are adults that are in, they're, trying to be faithful to God, right? 
brothers and sisters, you don't have the right. They don't have, people don't have the right to manipulate and control your life. And what I mean by that is I have the right to teach you the word. I have the right, if I can go to the word and say this is wrong, to say it's wrong. Why? Because that's given to me. I tell adults all the time that they're wrong. I preach the word all the time that shows people they're wrong. You have to get some thick skin and be okay with being told you're wrong once in a while because you need to be told that. You understand there's a difference, right? But in these things, we need to make sure that we, we are people that, that, that are answering not to man, but to God. If I am going to be faithful somewhere, it's because God has put me there. But if God puts you somewhere, then your responsibility is to be faithful. If God has given you a relationship, your responsibility is to be faithful to that relationship. But you have to determine that. Amen. Now you want some more scripture. Let's get into the good stuff here. First Timothy chapter four. Um, Have I strayed too far off course yet, Josh? No. Okay, I'm just making sure. I'm just saying that as a joke. Praise the Lord. So we're going to read some scriptures here. We're going to read verses 1 through 6, and we're going to talk about them. Amen? But the Spirit explicitly says, In the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. This is a very, very important scripture. And this is something that we need to have the fear of God about. Brothers and sisters, if there is a scripture that has haunted me, it is this scripture. Because if I'm doing something, I want to make sure that I'm doing it from the right standpoint, from the right heart. I want to make sure that I'm not just making up something or that I'm off or that I'm deceived. And I'm going to tell you, there's been plenty of times in my life where I've been deceived. And by my, myself, by my own emotions, my own desires, your desires, your emotions out of whack will be things that will deceive you maybe more than anything. There's, there's a truth to that. The Bible tells us that the, the heart is deceitful above all things or beyond all things. And, and so we understand that, that your heart can deceive you if it's not in line with God. But brothers and sisters, if your heart's in line with God, the Bible tells us that we can have confidence before him. We can have confidence with God when our heart's in line with the things of God. But this is very important, and this is what's interesting is there's a lot of people that uh, they, they, they start telling, they, they read, they'll read a scripture like this, and then they'll start telling you what, what deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons are. And a lot of times they go off on a tangent, and they come up with all kinds of things, but we're, gonna, we're just going to see it, we're going we're, we're, we're to hear about it today, and you'll make a determination about it, amen? I'll get back into that. Verse 2, by means of hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience, as with a branding iron. And that should be a big clue right there. Um, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gracefully share, gratefully shared in, uh, shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it was received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. In pointing, the, uh, pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constant, uh, constantly nourished in the words of, uh, of the faith and of the sound doctrine, keep note on that, which you have been following. Okay, so first of all, what we're going to do here is I'm going to put this in context because the first thing we have to do with scripture is put it in context. What was, Tim, what was Paul dealing about when he was talking to Timothy? Because that matters. Um, what, 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 what the, the, oh, it's, it's pretty much universally guaranteed that what Paul was dealing with here was a form of religion or a religious thought process that was emerging at that time. It was actually before then, but it was creeping in back into the church in the time. And he dealt with this a lot. You actually see it in many of the letters of the churches. It was a, uh, a system called Gnosticism. And what Gnosticism is, was basically this. Gnosticism literally means knowledge. And, um, um, the, the main crux or the main crutch or whatever of Gnosticism was special knowledge. That those that, that were partakers of Gnosticism had attained special knowledge that wasn't obvious to everyone else. Right. Praise God. They had special knowledge. I, 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 I understand this better and deeper, more than, than other people kind of thing. 
Other aspects of Gnosticism was something that was called dualism. And dualism was this thing where it was basically, it, it taught this, uh, the, it taught about that there was, uh, the way dualists believed basically, the way that it was used in Gnosticism was they believed in the material world and the spiritual world, which we believe in. There's a material world and a spiritual world. But they, they over, increasingly got to the place where they believed that the material world was bad, and the spiritual world was good. And so only the spiritual world is good and the material world is always bad. And so where, where this got started getting into problems is they started re, uh, like refusing people to marry. Amen. They started saying, oh, you can't get married. Nobody has the right to tell somebody that they can't get married, except for God. If that's the case, but God doesn't determine that he actually we see that marriage is good. Marriage is useful. Actually, one of the requirements of a bishop is to be uh, a husband of one wife that it said. And that, that I believe that that has to do with marriage. Right. Because uh, you can't be a husband or a wife without marriage. Amen. But, uh, uh, but 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 so marriage is a good thing. It's a necessary thing. It's a needed thing if you're called to being married. Amen. Uh, and so that's all part of it. But they see, they were also saying that you should abstain from cer certain foods and, and do this and do that. And, the, and he corrects this thought process there. So what the thought process, what was going on there is these people were trying to teach this special knowledge. By the way, Gnosticism was, was considered one of the greatest heresies of the original church. One of the greatest heresies, one of the greatest heretical teachings. Heretical teachings are teachings that steer you away from the truth and to God. And I'm going to tell you something that's really interesting. Over the years, whatever, the, whatever tactics the devil has used, he continues to use. And it may not be exactly the same things, but it will be something. He will, he, he, will, uh, he will move things in. He will bring things in that are, are slightly bent or slightly off. He'll, he'll, he'll bring things up to, uh, you, you know, that, are, that have a taste of that, but maybe isn't exactly like that. You look at all the pseudo, what we call the pseudo-Christian cults, Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, stuff like that. There's a lot of similarities between them, and there's a lot of differences, but they're both horrifically evil. Not the people, necessarily, but the, the, the denominations are. They, they, they're, they're, they're evil in their nature. Another one is, 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 uh, that's very similar is, 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 the, is Islam, Muslim, the Muslim religion. A lot of people, you know, they have a hard time with this and they have a hard time with this because of the narratives that are being pushed. But here's the truth. Muslims are completely against. They would kill us if they could because that, you, you understand, the, uh, not every one of them, but the idea of Islam is to destroy all of the, uh, or one of the ideas is to destroy all of the uh, infidels, which is anything that, anyone that believes opposite of what they do. And that, that, that religion, if you trace its origin, you understand it, it is born in absolute evil. And that's why they're doing things like when, the, when we see what's happening in Israel. Like people are all so divided by what's happening. But you forget, people forget, that, the Muslim, the, that that sect of Muslims went into Israel and they, 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 they kidnapped people, and innocent people, like people on the streets, and did horrific things to them, including, you know, I'm going to be careful because of the children in here, but ask me later if you want, if you don't know. Um, that is not, you can't justify that. You can never justify that. That is not the same as defending your, 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 your home or defending, you know, praise God. I'm not preaching about that. But you understand these, these ideas, they, 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 they creep into denominations or religions and they get out there and they twist people's thinking. What, 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 when we look back there in the beginning where it says uh, deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, I want to go, go back to verse 1. And I want to point out something here. It says, ex explicitly says that in latter times some will, will fall away or some versions say depart from the faith. What is the faith? It's the faith that's spelled out in scripture. It's not a denomination. It's not a certain uh, worldview or interpretation of the scripture. It's the faith that they went around preaching. It's the gospel that they went around preaching. It's that adherence and that trust in God and God alone. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what that, that's what that is. So anything that pulls you away from, I don't know about you and, 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 and purposely or inadvertently, I don't know. But there was times in my life where I trusted in a man more than I even trusted in God. 
I got to the place where I relied on what somebody else was saying other than building a relationship with God because it was easier. And many Christians do the same thing. They will, you know, listen, I'm not saying that you need to sit there with an open Bible and question every word your pastor says. That's a wrong heart. But if you're, if you're truly trying to understand God and know God and you're having a hard time with something, you need to have that platform to be able to ask about it. You need to be able to, at least in the very least, agree to disagree. There's nothing inherently evil or deceptive about that because God's Spirit deals with each person individually. He promised that He gave us His Holy Spirit so that we would know Him. Yeah. Not so you could know them or me or anybody else, but know Him, His Spirit, primarily is so that we will know God, yeah. that we will have a relationship with God. Yeah. And so these, these deceitful spirits and doctrines and demons, that's what these things are. These things are stirred up. Anything that would pull you away from that. Everything that Paul did pointed to Jesus. Everything. Did never point to a man. He never pointed to his ministry. He never inflated what he did. Never. That wasn't his. He always pointed back to Jesus. I mean, we, we get so many wonderful writings from Paul that, that, that show that, that he, his eyes were always on the Lord and he always told them, put your eyes on the Lord. He said, who is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers by which you heard the gospel. Don't focus on them, focus on Jesus. Yes, ministers are important in your life. Yes, a pastor is important in your life, but not more important to Jesus and not even equally so, not even close. We are, if, we're, if, if, if it's a good pastor, a good minister, they're going to continually point you to him. Do this because it gets you closer to him. You know, walk this way because it brings you closer to him. And hopefully show you in the word and show you in scripture. Amen? Amen. But nobody has the right to twist and manipulate you. And, you know, if you're having, if you're having legitimate concerns, if you have, listen, shame on you if you have legitimate concerns in this church and you don't ask me about it. Because we have always had an open door. I stay here. I mean, I, I don't know a lot of pastors that do that. I stay after service and mingle with people just in case somebody has a question about something. To be honest with you, that's, that, that's always been on our hearts. From the day we started this, we're going to do this this way because it was important to us. Shame on you if you don't ask me a question. You know what I mean? I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't get all bent about that, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to chase everybody down and say, oh, do you want to know more? Do, do, do you want to get more? I'm not going to do that. Because that's not my job. My job isn't to make you do what you should do. My job is to share the truth with you and let you do what you're going to do with that. Amen. Now listen, we can make a bigger church by, if we really hammered people. I, like, I know how to do that. I, I, I've seen these tactics. I've seen these, uh, these, 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 these things done where, 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 where ministries will say certain things or they do things by the Spirit, right? They claim it's by the Spirit. But it's funny because it doesn't produce the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are those things which emanate from the Spirit. So if something a minister is doing is doing the opposite of producing the fruits of the Spirit, you have to wonder about that. Now, you know, the fruits of the Spirit, what do I mean by that? Well, the pastor said something that make me feel good. Well, sometimes they say things that don't make you feel good. The truth doesn't always feel good. The fruits of the Spirit is not that you feel good every time you hear something preached. You know, because the job of a pastor, part of it is to correct. It, it, it is to teach with long suffering, to rebuke if necessary. Yes, but the things that they teach, what they will produce in your life. When I teach people to follow the Lord and to learn how to follow the Holy Spirit and to find God in the word or the truth of the word, when I teach people to do that, over time, they find joy. They find the ability to walk in love that they didn't know before. They, they, they find the ability to be a better person. Why? Because of what I said? No, not because of what I said. Because of what the Bible says. If I'm not pointing you to God, if what I'm saying is in any way, listen, brothers and sisters, I've had enough seeing this over the, over, over the years in, in various places. And I mean, it's all, it's, this isn't like a localized thing. This is an all over thing. But I've had enough of seeing people controlled by, listen, I've, I've had enough of two things. I've had enough of seeing people controlled and I've had enough of seeing people that don't care. 
because it's, it's, it's one extreme or the other, it seems to be. It's either you got Christians that just don't want to know more about God, they're just content being told what to do and doing it, or you got Christians that are so controlled and manipulated that, that, that really, lo- I mean, I have seen people before, I, I just, like, I'm like, man, if I could just start a church with people like that, we'd be so blessed. When I mean we'd be blessed, I mean the, the, the world would be blessed. Because people that truly have a love and a desire for God but are being hindered because someone is saying, well, I'm the one that knows and you don't know. See, that kind of garbage is wrong. Now, yes, it's manipulation. Manipulation tactics are never of God. And if you can't make a determination in your life, or if you've made a determination in your life that you know that you know that you know is right, and somebody is sitting there telling you it's wrong because I say it's wrong, that's manipulation. And you have to understand that in the last times, and we're all in the latter times. You know, Paul spoke about the latter times as if they're the latter times. We're in that time period. This All the last 2,000 years are the latter times. It's, there's no uh, untruth about that. The end could come at any moment, right? And, 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 and stuff. So uh, we're, we're in those times. But deceitful spirits and doctrine of demons. Why are there so many denominations in the world? You want to know why? Because at some point somebody gets deceived. Somebody takes a doctrine that's not truth. And so God has to raise up somebody else or something else. And then there's some that the devil just raises up to, in order to confuse people and get them away. Amen? And so when I say these things, we have to understand that, that God wants to work in us to know truth. And yes, when you don't know truth, and we're going to get into this as we go. Maybe not this week, but we're going to get into this more. Um, uh, well, maybe we are. Maybe we're going to get into it right now. Verse 3. Go ahead and pull up verse 3. Oh, wait, go to verse 2 again. Notice this is how it comes. It says, by means of. The hypocrisy of liars. And that idea is not just saying that people lie uh, purposely or anything like that. The, I, I actually studied this out. And the, the idea there is that there's somebody who's, who's spreading lies. They're saying things that aren't truth. And it's hypocritical because if they had adhered to the truth originally, they would have never be sharing these things because they'd know that they were wrong. Seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. So that's how they come. Now, verse 3. Men who forbid marriage advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. We're not going to say so much on that because now we're going to look at the application. Nobody around here has, has told you to abstain from marriage or to not eat certain foods, right? You have to do, you have to decide. Listen, God will lead you on that way. You can't say, well, I can do anything I want then. No, that's not the truth. You need, to, you need to find that relationship between God. But this is the, the key part of it is at the end, and I want to make note of this. By those who believe and know the truth. That's the key to everything I'm saying. If you don't believe and know the truth, if you don't even know the truth, if you haven't taken time to learn, if you're not trying to learn, you understand, taking time to learn doesn't mean, okay, I set aside this much time a day and I'm going to do it. No, it's that you have a, a legitimate desire and you're moving towards that goal. Right? Are you moving towards that goal? You know, one of the things I always tell people that are wanting to get married, it's real easy. Look at this person. Are they moving you closer to God or further away? If it's closer to God, well, praise the Lord. You, you, you have an answer right there. At least one of the answers, many answers. But if they're moving you further away from God, well, then that tells you something as well. Right? Amen. Praise God. But it talks about here, those, uh, by these, these, these false ministers, these ones that are preaching doctrines of demons and, and uh, um, uh, you, you know, uh, these heresies, what they're doing is they're talking to people that know the truth, that should know better, but they, they're confused now because they're hearing these things, and sometimes it's because you learn to trust someone. I trust somebody, and what I'm presenting to them, they're not even listening to. Uh, I could give you example example of this in my my own life for my own life in many areas. Amen. Uh, praise God. But it's uh, but this this is uh, but that's not what I'm, I'm called to do here. What I'm called to do is is to give you this truth so you understand what it means to be deceived. It is up to both. Uh, it is up to you to both believe and know the truth. It's up my job. It's up to me to teach it, but it's up to you to know it. Like, it's up to you to have a relationship with God, and I can't put it any easier than that. I can't make it any easier than that. How do you have a relationship with God? It's going to be different for each one of us. There are certain things I could point you to that will get you in that, that vein, like read your word, go to church, you know, pray, do things like that, simple things like that. But other than that, like, you have to build a relationship between you and God. And if you don't, you won't ever be somebody who who's, uh, knows the truth. Ignorance 
is not a viable option. Right. You can't just be like, well, I, I just don't feel like knowing, so I'll just let someone else do it. It's not a viable option. You're not going to stand before Jesus and have him say, like, you were following doctors of demons, and you're like, well, I just didn't, you know, I just didn't care. No, I just trusted the one that you put there or whatever. Listen, there's an importance in trusting the people that you're with. I, I think it would be safe to say that Erin probably has had grown trust in the people that she mentioned when she was giving her testimony, right? There's a, there's a level, and, and, and as we come together there's, and we build relationships together, there's things that we know about each other. I can trust you with this, I can trust you with that, or whatever. My wife and I trust each other uh, completely, uh, and we share things, even hard things at times with each other, right? But that's all part of building trust, amen? Um, so we, we can understand that, but, we, uh, but, but ignorance to that is not, uh, to the truth, is not a viable option because our first and our foremost direction is to be right before God, not be right before man. Amen? Praise the Lord. So how to recognize the truth? You know, this actually, the other day I, I, I got to pick Simeon, my, my young brother up here, turn around and say hi to everybody because they miss you. <laughs> Amen. You know, Simeon's been in school, so he hasn't been with us. He's been away. But uh, I got to pick Simeon up in, uh, in Cleveland. We met in Cleveland and, and uh, drove him back. We had some good conversation. Uh, but what, what I'm about to share with you, now this message, of course, I even pro proved it to you, didn't I? I, I, I said, I pulled up on my notes. I said, see, uh, I said, look, this is what I've been reading. And it was, it was these, what was it? What scriptures was it? Yes, exactly. I, was, I had him read it out loud, and I said, this is just so people know that I, I didn't do this just because of this conversation or whatever. It wasn't a bad conversation, but, but, but I was talking to him, and, and these, these things came. How do we recognize the truth? And the way that we recognize the truth is, for, is first the word. What does the word say and the truth of the word? What does the word say? If, if I'm presenting truth to you, and I can't back it up with the word, I can't present it as ultimate truth. Not until I can back it up with the word. And what, I, 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 what I've seen people do at, at times in the past is take a word and change it or manipulate it to fit, not even purposefully. You understand that manipulation isn't always something you do purposely. I, I have this joke in my family, I, I, especially I, I use it with Caleb. Caleb, do you know what the joke is? What, what I ask you often Huh? Yeah, can you say it out loud? Yeah, why do you hate me? <laughs> and and there, there's another version of that that I use. Can you say what the other version of it was? Do you even love me? <laughs> so, so as a joke, so sometimes he'll come in from work and he's like, hey, Dad, I'm like, why do you hate me? You know, I was just like, of course, joking around. It's, it's all a complete joke. But you understand that I could use that yes. as manipulation. Yeah, sure. If I said to him, like seriously, you know, he knows I'm joking, you know I'm joking, right? Yeah, because you smiled when you said it, so I assumed <laughs> that you did. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know, he, he knows it's a joke, but if he didn't know that it was a joke, yeah. that could be a form of manipulation. And there's people, uh, I've heard people say things like that in life, not even meaning to be manipulative, but they just say it, and they don't realize that it's actually manipulating the other person. Brothers and sisters, manipulation, if it wasn't such a big thing, there wouldn't be so much written about it. But manipulation is a real thing. And it can creep into churches unknowingly, unwittingly. It can get in there. It can get into religious uh, systems where, where, where you say things a certain way that, that uh, uh, you, you say certain things a certain way. And man, oh man, oh man. There's been times over the years that I've preached things from the wrong bent. I've apologized for them as I think about them. Uh, you know, as I repented for them as much as I know. But there's times where I've preached things from the wrong bent, thinking that it was right, but I preached it from the wrong Well, how do I alleviate that? I, I, I do it by changing the way I do things. I don't double down on it and say, well, bless God, this is what the Spirit showed me. So just because you understand, we can't be wrong and then continue to perpetuate wrong you know what I mean? It's kind of like this. When you have everybody around you or a lot of people around you in your life saying something about you and even though you don't feel that it's true, you might need to take a second look at what you're doing. Yes. You, may, you may need to take a second look. I don't care what level of what you've attained. 
I don't care if you're the greatest prophet used on the earth today. If everybody around you is saying, there's something wrong about what you're doing. There's something wrong with what you're doing. God has not put his spirit in every believer to just have people that have good hearts and good men and women of God to sit there and see something wrong and then feel rebuked because they've called it out. That's wrong. And that's not something that's not something that we endeavor to do in this church. I'll tell you this. Have I already preached my time away? Dear Lord, I haven't even gotten the good stuff yet. But uh, uh, that's why I got another week, though, right? Or two or three or four or whatever it is. But, but we, ha- we have to be very careful of these things. And what, what is our, our role in this? Our role is not to go, my role as a pastor is not to go call out every minister that's doing this. But my job is to preach it to the truth to the, to, because this is not just something that's a little problem. This is something that is a growing problem. It's in the world. It's in the church. It's all over the place. And that, yes, you can say something. But we got to pause the timer. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> get, well, you're already. As a church family, if you love your pastor, you will protect your pastor from going down this road. Sure. Because it's very easy to take a platform and use it for wrong motives. And Absolutely. So that's where praying for your pastor, but also holding your pastor accountable. If they are doing Absolutely. things that are manipulative or hurt people, then the people that are there in leadership should stand up and say something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Um, so first is the word and then unction later. You'll learn the truth of the word and then unction will guide you. And if you know unction, you know how do I know? I can listen to something that's not right, but know that it instantly that there's something off in it just because I, I, I know something about the word. You'll get to know God's spirit through the word. I'll talk more about that later, but I want to say a few more things before I close, okay? Judge what you see by the truth of the word and be open to the correction of the word in the mouths of godly people. Judge what you see by the truth of the word and be open to correction for yourself in the word or through the word in the mouths of godly people. If you start getting something on the inside of you that says this is not right, this is not right, you need to follow that. If you get something on the inside of you and you're like, you've checked your heart, you're like, as much as I know I'm in the will of God, as much as I know I'm following after God, but there's something here about this, and maybe you even know what it is, this isn't right, then you start seeking the Lord, Lord, what do I do about this? What do I do with this? Amen? This is incredibly important. I'm going to read two more things to you. Um, this is a quote out of a commentary that I have, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's actually on First Timothy. And it says this, Healthy teaching... <laughs> leads to proper Christian behavior, love and good works. The disease teaching of the heretics leads to controversies, arrogance, abusiveness, and strife. If a pastor is abusing people, it's wrong. You know why it's wrong? Because God doesn't abuse people. If a minister is abusing people, it's wrong. It doesn't matter what their anointing is. It doesn't matter how many people follow them. It doesn't matter how great they can preach. It doesn't matter how much money they have in their pockets. If they're doing things that hurt people, it's plain and simple wrong. It's doctrine, and to teach otherwise is a doctrine of demons. It's deceiving. It's deceitful. That's exactly what it is. It's manipulation, it's control, and it's wrong. Amen? And the reason I want to get to the scriptures is because we want to end in this, because, uh, for this, this, this today, um, which is 2 Corinthians 11.3, and I just have to pull up here. Write it down, look at it later. But look what Paul said to the Corinthians. He says, but I am afraid. Paul said, I'm afraid. Ah, wait a minute, Paul. You can't be afraid. That's not faith. <laughs> well, okay, uh, Paul wasn't in faith, I guess. Well, he was afraid anyways. As the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. Do you know, on Tuesday nights, we teach some things that are a little bit more in depth. Sometimes we get into a little bit more meat, right? And that's designed on purpose. On Sunday mornings, we try to, 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 to deliver messages that anybody can chew on. A little kid could get something out of it, right? But look at this. Anything that brings you, leads you astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. Simplicity, God is not difficult. It's not difficult to follow God. Oh man, I could give you examples of people that have been so manipulated and twisted in their mind, including myself, that you were afraid 
to recognize that what you see is truth and you know it's truth. You can go to scriptures and find it as truth, but you're afraid to say it because somebody's telling you you're deceived. That's deceitful, that's, it's manipulation, and it's not of God. It's simple to know God. You don't need a prophet to know God. Do you need prophets to help you in your walk? Sure. Do you need pastors to help you in your walk? Sure. Do you need a pastor to know God? Nope. In fact, your pastor can't help you know. He can lead you or she can lead you in paths that can help you learn to know God. But you got to know God on your own. There is no man between you and God. See, this is one of the great things that Christ did. He tore the veil. There is no man between me and God. There's no man between you or God. When I say man, I mean mankind. No man, woman, child, anything. There's nothing between you or God. In God's eyes, it is you and him. And we're going to get more into this next week. Amen. But notice he says, as the serpent deceived Eve with his craftiness, what did he do? Tried to make it more complex. What, is, what did the Gnostics do? We have special knowledge. I have more knowledge than you. I have special knowledge that you don't know. And this is why you're wrong. Even though your conscience is, is screaming at you and telling you, this ain't right. How many times people get manipulated and controlled and people are allowed, and how many ministers are allowed to do this because nobody has, has the, 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 the gumption to stand up before them and say, this ain't right. Yeah. Amen? Praise the Lord. Yeah. We have to be accurate in what we do. Again, this is not a throwing out of ministry offices and churches and the need for them. If anything, it should make us be more aware of them and what we do in them. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Does that help anybody here today? Uh, there, there's so much more to this. We're going to get into it, uh, you know, more more next week. Um, but there, because uh, it, it, man, it's just good stuff. But manipulation control is never, period, never, period, never, period, never, period of God. Amen.